0: Welcome to For the Love of Books, a podcast by Culture at NL Libraries. Hi everyone, welcome back to the Culture and Libraries podcast for the Love of Books. My name is Chris Wilson and today I am joined by Jane Graham, who is the books editor for The Big Issue. But the real reason why we've invited her along to this podcast is because she was our reader in residence in 2014. I can't quite believe it's been that long, Jane, but it has been. And because she is also the author of a book, called Letters to My Younger Self and for that reason we're going to call this podcast episode Podcast to My Younger Self as, as a kind of little touch to, to that that book title. So welcome to the podcast Jane.
1: Thanks very much yes and of course I was the books ambassador for the year after that as well.
0: Oh yeah that's true that's right yeah we've got we change your title too.
1: I was with yeah yeah I chose that title it sounded good but yeah so I was with um, Culture in ale and North Lanarkshire libraries in general for about two and a half years in the end, I think.
0: Yeah. You
1: yeah. like, did a few events and things after that as well. Yeah. So There's been a long relationship.
0: It has been. And of course, we've also had you back a couple of times to do kind of sort of like interviews and things like that sort of stuff for some of the book events and things, which have been fantastic. I, can, can you believe it's had to that long though? I mean, it, it seems just like yesterday. I know I'm really
1: shocked when you had said to me it was 2016. I couldn't believe it. I still feel like I've just kind of just had to leave very reluctantly just, you know, a few months ago. So it was actually such a long time ago that we did all those things, but they're still very clear in my mind because I enjoyed it so much and still talk about it to people when they ask, you know, what what I've been up to if I haven't seen them for a while. Mm I always think,
0: like I just love talking about it. Yeah, it was a, it was a great time. I, I, myself and, and some of my colleagues were quite heavily involved with you and doing a lot of things, which was fantastic. I thought we would kind of what we do with this episode of the podcast would be to kind of have you look back at some of the projects and and kind of remember them a little bit, and, and then kind of have our thoughts about and uh, on, on what you thought of the year and what you'd what you'd say to your younger self if you're looking back on it and things like that. So, but I think. We'll start off with what I think is probably the cutest event that we did uh, while we were there, um, which was um, we did a fairy hunt at Summer Lee Museum, which is also a cultural venue, which is a nice little tie-in. And I actually still have a picture of you hanging up a, a little kind of fairy outfit on a washing line uh, in somewhere, which was very cool. Little
1: fairy trousers and little fairy <laughs> top wings and things, didn't we? On tiny washing lines between trees and bushes and things like that for yeah. the kids to come and just discover it out of nowhere and I remember um we had little doors uh, a lot the bottom of the tree trunks little tiny fairy dolls doors yeah and the idea being that we would just go on a walk with the the primary school kids they were aged kind of between what, what would you say kind of eight and ten maybe
0: yeah I think so I yeah. yeah maybe
1: than that. And, and then we would just by chance, let the kids out as they saw it, discover, oh my goodness, look, there's a little painted door on the side of that tree trunk. And oh, if you go around the back, oh well, look, there's a washing line, the fairies and the elves are, and the goblins are uh, washing out their clothes. And it was really lovely because they thought they'd come upon it and, and we were amazed that they'd discovered this magical thing. And, uh, and then we we, talk, we sat down and we they, they, I think we'd given them a, a list of things that they had to find or talk about, yes. just just walk and that of course turned into this inspiring idea that they'd found this magical hidden kingdom. And from there on we started to talk about books and ideas with these kind of magical creatures and we talked about their own superhero favorites their own fate books with fairies in them and what they would call their books that might have fairies in them. And we ended up just as a kicked off this big conversation, I think the main idea of that was just to pull out their imagination, yeah. to take it seriously, to encourage every idea that they had. So I think that was at the heart of everything that we did, wasn't it, that we wanted, we did a lot of work with kids. If you remember when I was working, I was, as then working for The Big Issue, we actually did our book, our children's book review that year as well, with local motherwell. Came in and read the books and just talked to me about what they thought. And uh, that went into the magazine UK wide, the thoughts on these books by these kids from local primary school. And uh, it was all about whatever you think, whatever your ideas are, we are interested in them, we take you seriously, we're not being patronising, we're not trying to force good books on you that we think you should like. We want to know what you really are reading and to really encourage you to carry on with it. And it was, it was so lovely to do that and to just to chat with them. They were so, you just pulled a little tiny bit and the enthusiasm kind of just flooded out of them. It was so nice.
0: Yeah, I remember that that Christmas book review thing, um, and and some of the kids whenever they came along, they, at first they weren't kind of like they were it was a bit kind of like we're too we're too cool for this, we're not really wanting to get. But by the end of yeah. the session, every yeah. single kids had a book and they were all engaged with it and they were all loving it, which was fantastic.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, and especially sometimes particularly that age, we boys are more quiet to talk about books than the girls. And then they saw this huge bunch of books, and they weren't all maybe the books that the schools would always recommend. They were books about Pokemon, and there were books about um, funny books with that uh, were mainly just jokes about you know characters uh, farting in their trousers. Want <laughs> to read whatever it was? And we said whatever you like. And then at the end, as the vice present. then we said in and. and take your favorite books home with you. And I remember quite a few of them saying, well, when do we have to have them back? I said, no, take them home and keep them and read them forever. They're our present to you. And their faces just lit up. And they've talked to someone, but they were telling me where they were going to put their new books. And, And they were showing me their favorite pictures from the books and why they liked this character and that. They just came to life. And it was it was lovely because what we got out of that as well was they weren't pretending to like books because they were asked to. When they were allowed to choose whatever book they wanted and take it home, they were really excited. No one said, well, why would I want to take a book home? They were all like, there was a couple of books that were really popular, maybe Harry Potter or something like that. And they were almost kind of fighting for who got the last one of <laughs> this, last you saw books are a great present if you get the right book for the right person no matter what age they are five six you know up until 75 six that is always going to be a great thing to give somebody because it shows as well as anything else you've thought about them it's not just giving them your money you've thought about their interests and reflected them in what you've given them and there's always a book that can do that
0: yeah, yeah, definitely. And for, for me, for the, the rest of the project, for me, the, the three big events that we, that we really did um, were the Drowned Village Poetry Competition, um, mm-hmm. the, the, the Geek Love Night at um, Airdrie Library and the Stramash yeah. at LCL Cultural Centre, which were all fantastic yeah. events. So I thought we yeah. kind of touch on them a little bit more. Um, so, yeah. we'll start off with the, the Geek Love one, um, I think. So, we, you, you managed to get a bit of a Doctor Who legend into Airdrie Library, which is amazing. We had turn sticks there in the library. So, how, how did you manage to get such a, such a legendary person in that world to come along to Airdrie oh, Library?
1: No have now departed, actually. I was yeah. looking at a taken with them next to our TARDIS at that event um, and got, yeah I mean I knew it was going to be popular but I didn't realize quite how popular if you remember I think we could have sold it out but four times over by the end yeah. but I Doctor to Rufa I myself I knew that he was a legend I knew he would pull people in um, and I think I just emailed him over and over again and just uh, showed off about how much I knew about his era flattered his ego huge <laughs> my favorite episode just happens to be the one that you wrote or, or one of the many that you wrote and I looked into the things that he had said were his favorite things about the show and I said well that was my favorite thing oh is that your favorite thing as well about the show Terrence how funny that we should all the same things so a, <laughs> bit of re- a lot of perseverance a bit of flattery um, promise of a nice meal afterwards which he absolutely enjoyed and a trip to Glasgow which a lot of people love a trip to Glasgow you know it's a great setting people like visiting and I think also he knew the nature of the event meant it was going to be absolute hardcore fans they wouldn't have to explain anything to them. They just loved the work that he'd done and not just in Doctor Who but they loved that genre, you know that kind of tele-fantasy world, and they all knew it very well. And we got them to sign a really cool Seven Doctors poster as well, didn't it? It's one yeah. of our gifts. And there was a big, um, a big enthusiasm for um, our quiz on the basis of that prize. Yeah, and he absolutely loved it. He got really interested, informed, smart people came. They asked him really good questions, which he loved talking about because he loves reminiscing about Doctor Who. We also had that night, um, we had a TV room that you could go in and watch classical TV, telefantasy fantasy uh, shows, Doctor Who and Blake Seven and what else did we have? Space 1999, a few... Um, if you Terry Nation series, I think you could go and watch favourite episode. The Games Corner, where people could go and play a board yeah, game. Right. And that was really popular as well. They were the last ones. We had to leave them. We had to ask them very politely to leave, because it's one <laughs> not go. Um, we had the quiz, which was really good laugh, really good fun, really well attended. And then we also had the option of going out and visiting the observatory yeah. which no one who sees that and can't believe their eyes is so fantastic at the top of the edry library yeah. so it was one of the fun things and most successful things we
0: did yeah actually the last episode of our podcast actually was all about the observatory and we were trying to kind of highlight the kind of hidden gem that it was in the, in the library so was it important for you to kind of include that in, in that that night as, as kind of part of it it's kind of supposed it. Hints no, to the kind of science section and all that sort of stuff.
1: I mean, added to that idea, we were talking about Doctor Who and the idea of the charges is, you know, flying through time and space. And then you could literally go up to the observatory and feel as if you were experiencing getting closer to space, getting closer to the stars. An awful lot of people, even local people, still quite know the kind of joy, the magic, the secret that was up at the top of that library. I mean, it's really incredible, the history of it when you get in there. But also for our event as well, it was just a lovely idea because I think we had events on almost every level level of the library. So you were going gradually up the building, and then right at the end, it opened to the stars. So there was was a kind of cinematic um, quality to the whole event. We ended up with you... Gazing out at the night sky, so I think it absolutely was such a icing on the cake.
0: Yeah, it was a fantastic event, and and I, I have to, I I was i was surprised a little bit how how successful it was in terms of um, how quickly it sold out. Um, I'm not I'm not a huge Doctor Who fan. I have to admit for my sins, but but. Um, and and I did think will there be enough kind of local interest? But literally, people came from all round to go to it as well. It wasn't, it wasn't just as if it was like people from the that came. It, it, the the word got out, and, and people travelled. And I remember there was this one guy in the crowd who, whenever he met him, he was like, "This is the best day of my life."
1: <laughs> right. And know. Well, I went out fly post because I being a bit of a and I knew how popular it would be. And I remember for a few nights just going around um different old gaming shops in glasgow various cafes where i knew my people would be and uh, just putting flyers out and that kind of thing so uh, the word got out this is i mean it was only four years ago but i still don't think social media was quite as influential as it is now mm. but still we did put things out on twitter and, and that kind of thing and that brought people in from much further than we had thought yeah. and it was just it was a shame in the end that we could only do one night and we could only do it in that space because we could have made a, a huge much bigger event but and it, oh, on the other hand it was nice that we had a hardcore because it was first come first served. it was the people who were great in there who were the most enthusiastic who really knew the territory and it felt very cozy and friendly and clubby mm. Part
0: of the appeal of it, I think. Yeah, I think it was it was quite an a sort of intimate venue, yeah. venue almost, and, and kind of had that feel to it. As, and I think people liked that kind of really close, rather than being a kind of big comic contact thing. For them you might not necessarily get quite so close to your your like, kind of sort of legends. That it was kind of felt more personal and and kind of local, I suppose, in the way. So yeah, yeah it was it was
1: kind of, or basically, and you couldn't get in, and you couldn't get out, and it was. So we were all together like a massive big, hoovy and family. It was a really nice atmosphere.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was. And it, one, I think probably this, um, I, I'm I'm, strong, I'm between the 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 drowned village competition and the stromash as to what was my favourite thing to do. But definitely the drowned village was up there. So I was collaborating with Cumbria Libraries, and I don't know, I don't know how you pronounce this properly. Gwynedd Libraries, possibly in yeah. Wales. Um and uh, and the prize was a fantastic prize. Um, basically the competition was to send her a poem and, and the the prize would be it would be set to music by Stuart Braithwaite from from Mogwai, which is just out of this world in my opinion, being a big Mogwai fan. Um that must have been quite hard to pull together as well. What, how did you come yeah. about that?
1: Well, I travelled, the idea was that the um, poem was to be about the drowned village because we'd found out about this drowned village in Strathclyde Park, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Well, it is now, um, and it was filled in with a reservoir, but right at the bottom of the reservoir were still remnants of these buildings which had one time been at the bottom of a valley, a village. So we asked people to write a poem about a drowned village because it was local to us. And then we we looked at other areas in the UK that had a very similar thing and they also had these drowned villages and we widened it out we made connections and I visited those libraries and they also had um, people from their local area write poems and we we looked at all of those um, and then we had a, a friend of mine who's a novelist Robert McLean Wilson It was one of our we had a few people, Stuart Braithwaite and Robert, and someone, oh, was it Nikki Wire?
0: Yeah. Was one of yeah.
1: Amazing, God, what an amazing bunch of people. Judge <laughs> <laughs> those poems. And they just totally, they, they read loads and loads of poems from our shortlist, chose their favourite, and then the winner got this prize. And um, um, Stuart's an old friend of mine, Stuart Braithwaite, and I, I just went out with them and said, are you willing to do this? And he said, yeah, yeah, that'd be great. I love it. Uh, who are you going to get to do the voice? He said, because my voice isn't great. He thought that I didn't say that. He said that. And I, I think for a really great Scottish voice, and we ended up getting Shirley Henderson. Yeah. The fantastic Scottish actress who was in Harry Potter and many other brilliant things. She got a very unique voice as well. And she, in that very delicate, fragile, floaty, ghostly voice that she has, read out the poem. And then um, Stuart and the guys, actually, from Walkway, I think they all did something, set it to music. And it was this very atmospheric, almost creepy, beautiful poem.
0: And, of course, the winner was Catherine Baird.
1: She wrote a fantastic poem. Um, <clears throat> so it was quite nice because... We didn't have any saying who won, but everyone picked our poem from Wales and Cumbria and us. So there was no bias in there to have a local winner from uh, Lanarkshire in the end. Yes, and so her words were spoken by Shirley Henderson. And um, it was just, everything came together. Mogwai put the finished piece on their website so you could go and download it as a gift from them and from us. And just to be the final kind of kiss off on that really creative project. Yeah. It, it, everything about it just worked really well in the end.
0: Yeah, it was. It was a fantastic, uh, fantastic thing. And and just to have such such a kind of successful Scottish band kind of producing something for, for culture and libraries was, was such an amazing thing for me. Like I'm a, I'm a huge Mogwai fan, so for me it was kind of... Not- well,
1: And of course, because most of them are from North and South Larrackshire, they are their local boys because we loved them. They were they had added connection to all, yeah,
0: yeah, it was lovely, it was definitely nice. And of course, Stuart was involved with with the the Stramash as well, which was yeah, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> you were you were using your connections well for this, but but the 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 Stramash was like a two day event at Bellshill Cultural Centre, uh, like nothing probably ever seen at Bell Cell Cultural Centre ever before with the line lineup that you managed to get to. That it was literally a who's who of kind of Scottish kind of culture, really, um, and 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 kind of other people. You, you Stuart Braithwaite, Colin Murray, Jenny Lindsay, Mark Thomas, Tam Cowan. Nanjiani, just quite an incredible lineup of people uh, come to Bells Hill.
1: Pat yeah. legend.
0: Yeah, Pat and too, another, another massive person. It was yeah. quite literally an amazing couple of nights. Did, did you kind of have any sleepless nights leading up to that, wondering how successful it would be with getting oh, that kind I, of lineup going? It
1: really, really made me realise how terrifying events management is because I'd never done anything like that before. I'd just been one of those cliched people from age to about seven where it was all about just being stuck with my head in a book all the time, real bookworm. I wasn't even particularly a very sociable person. Still, most of the time I do my work in my office and send out missives, I work from home. And suddenly there was, you know, um, with the help of a lot of good people, yourself included, trying to put together what was really a mini festival, a mini book festival. It's not only persuading all those people to get involved, and they all did it um, out of the goodness of their heart, but um, also, to, then you start to worry about football. Will anyone come? How do we promote it? How do we make sure people know about it? What else can we do in the uh, in the room in the building to make people uh, attracted to the event? And we had one of the for well, the first. Three D printer that I'd ever seen. If you remember that, yeah, we did Minecraft room, which a lot of the kids went in, and we did. They made everyone had to create a Minecraft world in the time that their mom and dad hopefully were in, have a glass of wine, and get then going through to one of the events. We really tried to make it a very sociable, laid back, wander around, get to know people kind of event, rather than just show up for the you know, the the, the event in the hall and then leave again. We tried to create this little buzzy atmosphere. And, um, but I mean, literally, I I had lots of sleepless nights and I had, I'm sure some of my hair fell out. I was (laughs) so, I can't believe how stressed I was about it. Even now, the the night before, what if no one comes? It's really frightening.
0: It was. I mean, and 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 it went really, really well as well. My highlights for for were definitely kind of the question time type panel event where we had, Shereen and Johnny hosting it, I believe, and, and there was Tam Cowan and Stuart Braithwaite, Jane were and a few others were involved in that. Um, yeah. And and also, I, I'm I'm a bit of a kind of Matt Thomas fan as well, so his his kind of set yeah. that he did was was fantastic as well. Um yeah. What were the highlights for you?
1: Well, yeah, very much those as well. I mean, it was a really good, a really intelligent audience, I thought, for the question time thing. And um, they were asking all sorts of things about libraries and culture and um, how you get the people who might not normally read, how you get them to read, how do we feel about funding in the arts, all kind of areas like that that were really important. And we, we made sure we'd quit a balanced panel, so we'd Alex Massey from The Spectator talking, arguing with Tam Cowan about sport, football, funding, the importance of libraries. Um, and it was really, and then a really engaged, smart audience asking really good questions. Obviously, Mark Thomas's thing, he was just really on form, he yeah. was in great mood. He's very generous with those kind of things because he really believes in the power of the people, giving back, not just going to massive venues and seeing how much money he can make, but meeting people who might not normally go to a book festival or an arts festival, but really like the stand-up comedy. They came along, Mark was really good about chance people afterwards, didn't play the star at all. And then we also had a really good kind of Oxford Uni, uni star style debate, if you remember, with mm-hmm. uh, Colin, who was the host. And it was Hannah McGill, who was just finished being the director of the Edinburgh Film Festival.
0: Yeah. Versus
1: Evan, the legend, that is. And I think it was supposed to be sports versus culture. Yeah. And then the audience at the end. Whose argument, whose pro argument they thought was the strongest, but I remember in the end Pat voted for Hannah. <laughs> he said more convinced by her argument for the arts than he was by his own for sport. So Hannah won by one or two votes, and the end one of which was Pat Nevin's. So that uh, that was a really interesting thing as well because actually, because we were both really respectful of the other's point of view. And Colin Murray kept a very nice, light touch, so he mm-hmm. made it fun as well. Um, I really enjoyed that. that I like that adversarial. The idea even of the name, Stramash, was to bring in the idea, not just of sitting around chatting about books, but knowing where the passions were and where they might clash. That very Scottish, that west coast of Scotland, idea of passion means there might be a bit of a rumpus but it's all it's because we really really care about things and we want them to be just right and that we we have our favorites and we'll fight till the end to you know w- wave the flag for those favorites all of those things were part of it
0: yeah yeah and it was and it was it was a fantastic and 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 that's just uh, like you say that that's kind of the, the highlights really of what i remember from from your residency but the there was definitely loads and loads of other things we, we were involved in as well. Um what um it was it was an incredible experience for me you've been involved in that and, I, and it and was something that kind of could probably change my outlook a little bit and how we can go about kind of planning events and things like that at the time too. Um, if you were to look back on it and what, what would you say to your younger self, thinking about your, your kind of book and kind letters to the younger self type idea? What what would you look back at and think?
1: About the whole year, do you mean? Yeah, or, uh-huh,
0: just yeah. the kind of return resident experience. Yeah.
1: Well, it was. I mean, it's. I wouldn't like to ruin it too much for myself because I think all of us learned a lot as we went, and 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 you know we did quite a lot of uh, Q and A's and libraries. I think they got better and better as we went through, and we started to work out what is a good way of organising and I've done quite a few since and I've learned so much from what we did that year we had one with Mark Miller if you remember yeah. um, and he was just really good I mean everyone we did was so, everyone we invited along, Owen Jones as well the journalist, was so good about giving their time and really loving meeting people and I realised that you have to get people who aren't just there to sell books or to you know promote themselves it has to be people that are interested in meeting people Mm -hmm. who have real passions in certain areas and love to meet other people with those passions so I would say to myself don't just look at product that we have initially found them via look at the people and how they engage with other people because you can't force that either you talk to people you put them in front of an audience because they really are interested in that audience. Or you bring people who just want to sell their book and then get the first train home, and you've got to know through a bit of research, which is which, and don't go there. And also, I would say, involve young kids, particularly primary school kids, as much as you can to these things, because I think you're not going to reach everyone you, you might reach enough where you really think you've made a little bit of a difference and the feeling you get from that I think is better than any other thing that you might do
0: yeah.
1: and then I, I would say use emotional blackmail bribery flat <laughs> laugh, anything you can make things you can, you can't underestimate, the. But I think those things are much more effective than how much you can pay people because they <laughs> Talk, they love to talk about themselves. They really do, and and of course they like to come along and sell some books. But more than that, they love the idea of just talking about themselves, what they've achieved, and hearing from people who've read their book. That's I think they never you never stop really enjoying that.
0: Yeah, yeah, which kind of takes us quite nicely onto your book a little bit as well, because we'll kind of move away from your reader residence time a little bit and, and focus a little bit on your book for for a couple of questions. Um, obviously, um, the how, how did the concept for this come about? Because I know it kind of sort of originated a little bit in the actual Big Issue magazine itself. Is that right?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I sold the idea to the magazine, I was trying to remember, it was 20... 20- 2007 that I did the first one so 13 years ago was when I started doing it yeah. and that was the idea just to get, speak to what every week speak to somebody and ask them to go back to their, start with their teenage self and what they'd learned and what advice they would give them. To. but through that really get to know the person a bit better than the average interview so make them think about just right back in the shoes of who they were at that time and um, what what was what were their main passions and did those passions continue to play out? Where were they in the family? Did that make a big difference in, in how they were going forward? Uh, and when you ask people things like, you know, what's the biggest misunderstanding of you or who do you miss the most from your past? or what is the one moment you'd like to just lock in a bottle in a jar and never let out again because it was so fabulous. You really get to the nub of who these people are. Mm. And so often when I was do- doing these interviews, people would say, um, like I interviewed John Bon Jovi just this week, you know, and he said, i like, going to my shrink. This is so, I didn't expect it to be so intense but he carried on going and he sort of pulled out some of the moments that weren't so great from his life, personal stuff. And that was what I always wanted to do, was I never asked them about the thing that we're supposed to be plugging, which the PRs don't like very much, because that, we'll, we'll put a little thing at the end saying, yeah, and you can buy this book or go and see this movie or whatever, but really it's about getting to know these people so after about, I suppose, having done this for about 10 years and having this huge collection of interviews with people like Paul McCartney, Mo Farah, Desmond Tutu, Ronald Fiennes, um, Julie Walters, so many you know, big interesting names, um, we thought, one well, of well, actually, it wasn't me that thought it, it was a publisher that approached me and said, "How about just collect them all in a book and calling it simply the name of the column?" led to my younger self, I just—it's almost like a kind of Gideon's Bible with people talking about the things that matter most to them. So if you—if you really work, if you're in a hotel room, you know, I'm using the Gideon's Bible, I'm overusing that reference you know if you want to if you want to you're sitting here having thought you'd like to just read something that made you feel happy or hopeful or think about friendship these are the ways we this is the way we ended up categorizing the book and um, then you could just open this and hear what well I am thinks about how it feels to lose someone or you know, um, well, who else? Olivia Coleman maybe talking about friendship and how important that is to her. And but I put the book together, and it was pretty successful. So I was really happy with the whole project.
0: Yeah, I, I've I've read through most of the letters, yeah. and 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 the, the two of the ones that stood out for me were, were were well, I am actually who you just mentioned. Yeah, me uh, too. He's uh, yeah. And, and the you McGregor one as well, because the Hugh McGregor one for me kind of highlighted that how much he kind of loved his family and also has, has a real passion for Scotland as well. Yeah. But yeah. the Well I Am one, that, that, that it's literally the last paragraph in it as well about about how the, he's, yeah. he's banned me in the Black Eyed Peas. He, mm. His adopted father told him, um, if you don't go to college, you you're not welcome here. And yeah. and uh, well, you're responsible for, it, want, responsible for them, and and, and yeah, <laughs> obviously it's completely worked out for them in the end. But I mean, that was that must have been such a big moment in their both of their lives to kind of take that leap and, and that jump of faith, really, to kind of just go yeah. for it. and if, the rest, you remember, the
1: rest if you remember, right at the end of that interview as well, um this kid, um. Well, I answered my ex-best friend. That's right here. Um, who's his, you know compadre and the, uh, the uh, black-eyed peas, and he's from the Philippines. Mm-hmm. And they go back together to the Philippines where he used to get called names because you know he wasn't this big macho jock. And uh, he went back and they were all chanting his name when he yeah. went to see, him. and you know he went back hero. And Will I am said this is your moment, not mine. Kind of step back and let him have this amazing moment. And when Will I am was telling me that, he was getting choked up thinking about it. Yeah. I was floods thinking I'd never heard that story before. It was such a beautiful story, and it, again, that was all about their friendship. And um, and Will I am just came out as such a generous, spirited, lovely guy. Yeah. Uh, That was that one that stood out. The other one that stood out for me because it was so romantic was Wilco Johnson, right Mm -hmm. at the end. He talks about this incredible thing that a lot of people will know about, that he got terminal cancer diagnosis. And actually, he found that that gave him a real lust for life, for what he thought was the last year of his life. He did a big tour. He felt he started doing things that he'd never had the courage to do before, He'd always been worried about how long he would live and about illness, and suddenly all that went because he felt like he almost had a date beyond which he wouldn't go. Mm-hmm. He was going to make his life, and then right at the end of that year, it was actually a breakthrough. Um, he was given an operation, and he, he was told that they'd basically taken the cancer away, and he, that he was back to living as long a life as anyone else potentially. Mm-hmm. It was. That he became really paranoid and uh, a hypochondriac uh, again and he said I was much here before. But um, it actually ends, and it's the last paragraph in the whole book, with this, he tells the story of his marriage. And I don't want to ruin it for people because it's so moving the way he describes it, the way he describes his love for his wife who he met when they were very young Um, and the life that they had together until he lost her. The words that he uses, I remember the voice that he spoke about her in. I don't think there's any woman who could read that and not think, oh, if I could find a man who felt about me the way Wilco felt about his wife, who they met at a school disco. They were together for a very, very long, happy time. That... To me was the perfect way to end the book, and I always remember that interview
0: yeah yeah and it's, there's so, there's so many lovely um letters and in, in amongst it and and so it's, and, and it's and it's a huge list of names as well i mean it's 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 not just kind of like local celebrities or whatever I mean it's global superstars that are all in there so it's <laughs> quite an incredible list of people it's a, it's yeah. a fantastic book um and you must be very proud of it I'm sure.
1: I am. It's that's why it's sitting. I mean, I'm literally I can pull it. Out. It's right in front of me right now because I keep it on my desk where, where I work, and which is where I'm right now talking to you. And uh, I always have it sitting there, thinking, "Well, I've always loved books, and now I have my name in the front of one. And no matter what happens, that was my great ambition from the age of about seven. It was, so really was. It was great for that to finally work out. <laughs>
0: Fantastic, and, and is, uh, do you have any other plans to kind of maybe do it in kind of similar, like in, in another book at any point, or anything kind of one like that in the in the in the pipeline for you? Well,
1: yeah, it's possible that we'll just do we'll do a part two because since that was published, you know, we've done you know another well, it must be another kind of hundred interviews since then, and there are others that didn't that weren't in that first book because we, we you have to think about things like overseas sales and things like that. so yeah. there's a certain amount of Americans and a certain amount of Australians and whatever. So we still have loads of really good names left over from that period but also done some really good ones in the last couple of years, including Lynn Manuel Miranda of wow. Hamlet. One of my absolute heroes um, that was a day where I, I just I got the train to London. I did the interview, undrowned. And, and went straight back on the train again because I, I had to. I couldn't even stay overnight. It all for an hour with Lynn because he was so. I was just so excited to meet him. But um, yeah, so we've done so many good ones in the last couple of years. So there's no reason why we couldn't do, book two of that, uh, or yeah. or some on those kind of lines. Yeah. But. Or maybe um, I'll
0: just write novel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you never know. I, the, and the other, one of the other great things about the letter to my younger self is as well as, of course, is that all the royalties go to the big issue, which is obviously a great thing for, for so many people um, that's, in, that's involved there. So um, it's another yes, great right. Yeah,
1: it's a win-win for everyone involved, everyone who buys it and everyone who is involved with the project, yeah.
0: Yeah, so it's fantastic. And and as we mentioned at the start of the the episode, you are the books editor for The Big Issue. Um, and we are kind of getting close to Christmas Day. You touched on it at the start a little bit about how the importance of, of kind of books as gifts and things like that. Do you have any big recommendations for people who are maybe looking for that Christmas perfect book, Christmas gift that you've kind of... Yeah, seen yeah. Recently?
1: Well, yeah, I, was, I had a quick thought about that. I mean, books that I've read in the last few months um, depend on what kind of people you might be buying for. Um, there's a book I've just reviewed by Edward Carey, who wrote Little, about um, the woman who uh, uh, founded Madame Tossads, Tussauds. Tussauds. Um, that was his book of last year, maybe the year before, but he's got a new book out called The Swallowed Man. And it is a, and it's basically a retelling of Pinocchio, from the point of view of Geppetto inside the whale, looking back on his life when he made the wooden boy, and it's very kind of reflective and beautiful and poetic, but also quite strange and eccentric. Yeah. He's Edward, King, an interesting guy. Um, there's another one, Exciting Times, by this uh, Nisha Dolan, the Irish writer. He's going to be a massive star, I'm pretty sure. Um, this was, I reviewed that in the magazine a few months ago and um, it just blew my socks off. It's, it's kind of a bit like Sally Rooney. So obviously right. she's got a of fans. Um, uh, what do you call her? Escape my mind for a sec. Um, the big TV show this year, which she wrote the book of oh god, uh, Normal People Uh um, it's a massive hit, Um, it's a bit like that, but I thought even funnier even more um, to the point, on the nose I thought, and then for people who just love really gorgeous luscious looking books, with really interesting content there's this big heavy monster it's called The Madman's Library, put together by Edward Brooke Hitching with a hyphen. And it's based about strange books and manuscripts and curiosities through history. I'm mm. to um, you now, Chris. Unfortunately, the podcast fan.
0: Yeah, but it's a very interesting cover.
1: Up on Amazon. So gorgeous. And it's full of pictures from these really weird different kinds of books that he's found going right back for centuries and then right up until now like the world's smallest book which is about the size of a fingernail yeah. but does have pages and then just some really weird creepy strange stuff loads of beautiful pictures in these books and some of them are written on stones going that far back and some of them are just very curious anthologies and collections of things that you wouldn't think anyone would ever have enough time in their life to make a collection of. Um, So anyone you know who just likes weird interesting things um, or beautiful books written really well with a bit of wit, that is, I would recommend that without a doubt.
0: Fantastic. And Well that kind of brings me Pretty much to the end of the questions that I really had for you really in this episode, have you got any plans for the future just kind of to kind of wrap up maybe any exciting in, in the pipeline for yourself and are you kind of just sticking by reading books and, and enjoying them?
1: Well I mean I genuinely do have the dream job that I always wanted you know um, ever since I was wee you know I, I read and review books and commission book reviews for a living I go on to the radio quite often and talk about books recommend books. <laughs> uh, I work at home in my library, which is a whole room of bookshelves. it's yeah. not the most job, so it's not like the kind of it's a job for someone who's very enjoys a solitary life for a lot of the time. <laughs> but when you do meet up, when you do get out into the outside world and you do meet up at events or, you know, or when you are maybe Doing reviews with little circle of people, it's like-minded souls. It's people who love to involved in the arts, who love to talk about the arts, and so it's it's a very small closed circle of a kind of a geeky nerdy book lovers and music obsessives and film fans. I live in, but that is the place I'm most happy. So I'm happy to carry on doing that and to do a bit of writing on the side that who knows may end up being the next
0: book who knows who knows who knows and I I think that's as good a place to end uh, there but thank you very much Jane for coming um, and doing this episode with me and and I hope all the listeners have enjoyed this special Book Week Scotland episode of the Mm -hmm. podcast Um, and I hope you've so far you've enjoyed the events that we've had for Book Week Scotland so far as well um, and you can leave us yeah. any feedback on the podcast um, by using hashtag FLBpodcast on Twitter, or you can even drop us a wee email at okay. librarypodcast at culturenail.co.uk okay. as well. But that's all for us for now, you guys. Thank you, Jane, again for coming and joining us. And well, we will be back again with our final episode of the current season of the podcast in a couple of weeks' time. But that's all for now, guys. Bye for now.